0: ComSea.com is your home for buying, selling, and flipping all the hottest trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 26 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With a ComSea.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale on the ComSea marketplace. ComC reached an incredible milestone during this year's national by processing their 100 millionth item. ComC looks forward to offering safe and easy trading card consignment for years to come and continuing to focus on fulfilling their mission to optimize everyone's enjoyment of the hobby. To stay updated with ComC, please follow them on social media at Check Out My Cards on all platforms. To learn more about the exciting changes being made at ComC, please visit blog.comc.com. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I've got a guest for you today. I'm bringing back on Big Shep. Tim Shepler is my guest. It's been about a year since he was on, and I wanted to bring him back just to catch up and see how things are going. One of the things that I enjoy most about the hobby is that sense of community and the friendships that are built. And Tim is one of those people that I have built a friendship with over the last few years. lives in the Sacramento, California area, is probably somebody that outside of the hobby and without social media, I would have never met, I would have never interacted with, but I am so glad that I did get a chance to have a conversation with him a couple years ago that led to the friendship that we've got today. So I wanted to bring Tim back onto the show and just talk a little bit about how life's going, how the business side of the hobby is going for him, and catch up on what's been going on in his world. This last week has been a crazy week of sorting for me. Last weekend, I picked up about 8,400 top Series 2 cards from somebody local here who had bought them and broken them and pulled out some of the inserts and parallels and things that he wanted, but he didn't want anything to do with the rest of the base cards that he had, so I was able to work out a deal for about 8,400 Series 2 cards, and I probably got about four to 5,000 heritage cards that I haven't even touched yet that came with this deal. So picked up probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 to 13,000 cards out of this deal, all base. I'm going to be sorting and putting some sets together and all of that kind of stuff. But boy, got through the Series 2. I I don't want to see another Series 2 card for for a little while. But anyway, that is some of the, the hobby side of things that I've been up to in this last week. Before I get into the conversation with Tim, I'm going to tell you about Underdog Collectibles. They are one of the most trusted breakers on the internet. They've got great prices, top-notch shipping, and the best customer service around. In addition to their scheduled breaks every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night, they'll be breaking live this week from the Beckett Industry Summit in Las Vegas. Join them all day Friday and Saturday as they break everything from the newest releases to vintage favorites like 1998 Bowman Chrome. Remember, you can always bet on the underdog. Google Underdog Collectibles to learn more about their breaks and Brick and Mortar Shop in Knoxville, Tennessee. Big Shep, welcome back to the show.
1: What's up, Mike? Thank you so much for having me back on the show. It's been a while and I'm uh, happy to be here.
0: Yeah, it has been a while since we've had the chance to talk, uh, especially from being on a a show or or doing kind of a conversation here that we're going to turn into a podcast episode. So I figured it'd be good to get back together, chat a little bit about what's been going on over the last several months and uh, just kind of catch up on what's going on. And we have enough perspectives and thoughts and ideas that, uh, you know, I figured it would it would turn into its own little podcast episode and give people a, a chance to hear this conversation. So, yeah, I'm glad you're available and willing. Oh, always, always for you both. So what's been going on for the the last few months?
1: Oh, you know, uh, well, I had to dust off the mic today. Uh, you know, I retired from, uh, doing about the cards a few, a few months or a few weeks back. Uh, it's been probably about a month or so and just, just a lot going on, you know, nothing like, you know, dramatic, but just been busier with my, my life outside of the hobby. And, uh, and also too, like I just hadn't like I felt I wasn't able to give my all, you know, uh, in this show. So I, I decided to step back for a little bit, let the guys run it and, uh, kind of do my own thing. I've been picking up actually, you know, we, we've had more local shows lately, so I've had to replenish. And so I've been out looking for hunting down deals and, and found some good ones lately. And, um, you know, I've not been, uh, I haven't had a quote, a real job, uh, since February. And I've been doing cards, uh, for the most part for that, uh, for most of the year. And uh, I got something big coming down the pipeline, I think, and um, hopefully I'll know in the next day uh, or two here, if that's going to, what that is going to entail, but uh, some big news probably coming and maybe we can break it here on the show. Uh, once that is official.
0: Let's, let's talk a little bit about the ramping up the the business side that you've been doing yeah. since February. I know I've seen you post on Twitter, some of the collections that you've been snagging. You talked about some of the shows opening back up. What does that look like? When, when you were back on early, early, you know, I guess it was middle of 2020 when we were talking and we were both kind of in the process of ramping up that business side of the hobby for us. We had talked about um, some of the things that we were doing to sell on eBay and that type of thing. What have you found success with as you were ramping up your, your business side of the hobby?
1: Well, the, the biggest thing is, is just when people are offering stuff going, how much for everything? And and kind of get an idea, if you see a few things you like, all right, let me just take all of it. And then when you're getting a bigger, better bulk deal, and then you're finding some gems. Uh, most recently, the one of the finds like we, we've had the local shows, which has been really good. So I've been moving through so much stuff. So I had to replenish and I use like OfferUp and uh, Craigslist and I'm on uh, Facebook Marketplace. And in and, and a lot of the times you're, you know, you're going to find more duds than anything. But it just happened on the Sunday after our last show here. this guy was you know had some 1980s tops, Donners and Fleer sets, early early stuff. And so I went and met him and we made a deal and uh, he's like, hey, I have more stuff at home. I have a, I have a bunch of uh, player singles that are top loaded in three row boxes. I'm moving out of state. And he sent me a few po- photos. I'm like, hey, what for all of that? and do you have any more sets? And he had some more sets of like two, you know two, all these Chrome sets from the mid uh, 2010s. And all, and I was like, so we did this deal, and holy moly! I've the stuff that's in this, like that I've gone through, has just been crazy. I mean, and so that's the biggest thing is, is just kind of exploring and and taking chances and asking people, like, what else do you have? Uh, because you never know what they're what they might not be thinking about selling or moving and, and going after it all.
0: Have you had success? Then are, are you selling that at? the shows that you've been talking about? Are you selling it online or both or or how have you been approaching selling it? So this,
1: yeah. So this, this collection here is going to be for the next show we have coming up um, on Saturday, the 11th. And uh, there's been a bunch of good stuff. I, you know, the others like i found smaller stuff um, that I've been able to just post. Like I found a vintage lot and the guy wanted like 30 K for it. It was his dad's collection from 55 all the way through about 2015. Uh, His brother taken all of the odd year top sets and I was looking at it for one of my buddies up here that has a shop and, and it just wasn't going to worth it. But I ended up grabbing a couple sets and some singles and I got some bunch of vintage rookie cards and I just posted a picture and people started wanting to buy them. So I'm like, hey, let's do this. And I sold uh, eight of the 15 cards I bought so far and it paid for it. I doubled my money. And and so I've, I've seen that. I've seen a lot, lot through Twitter. Um, eBay's been crazy busy sport lots. Uh, I had a hundred and something card order the other day and all I'm doing in there and sell is basically fun, selling flagship or uh Allen and enter commons, 18 cents a pop. And uh, those are flying out, out of the store there. And so it's just kind of a, I'm trying to have multiple avenues where I'm selling and in the, doing the shot, the shows really helps me move a lot of inventory. Uh, but it's also, you have to replenish when you do that because you want the, you, you, I've have, I, have I know customers come back. So you want to have fresh inventory for them to go through and it's not the same old stuff. So,
0: yeah, I found the same thing. I I finally made it through the million card inventory that from when I bought out the shop, but there's probably 20,000 or so cards that I had set aside to go in my quarter boxes. And I just didn't have room to put them all out right at the beginning. So now I'm at the stage where I'll grab that a two row at a time or something like that. And every weekend I'll be replenishing stock at the store. And so I've got some fresh inventory going into those boxes too. And yeah. My, the people who are digging through those boxes have noticed, Hey, there's some new stuff in here. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I try to put in, you know, at least a, a couple thousand new cards every weekend as I'm, as I'm going through and getting that stuff out, that makes such a big difference. And, you know, sport lots has been been going well.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy what you can find out there. People that are just buying stuff and pulling the autographs or the relics, and then they're just dumping everything else. And it's like, there's still good stuff in there. They're still very collectible. And, you know, at the local show, I'm the only. There's one other guy, but he's not organized. All of his stuff is mixed sport and just boxes, and so you have to dig through, you know, monster boxes to to find anything. And you know, I make sure mine's by team and, and penny sleeved up. But I'm um, like one of the and I. So many people have come by and just been like, "This is just ah, you know, they, I love this. I love digging through the boxes. I love finding the stuff. And I can finally get to the point where I was able to have a, enough. I end up getting, um, you know, some higher, bring some higher and stuff. So I have a little showcase. And so doing that as well, and uh, that's brought some new customers. And so it's just, it's kind of just having different avenues and a mix of products out there. Um, you know, it's been real successful and, and, and fun too, because you get to all the, all the different people I've met, uh, you know, through Craigslist or, you know, Facebook marketplace or all that stuff. So you run into some characters out there.
0: That is for sure. You know, you talked about not having a kind of a, a traditional nine-to-five job for several months here since, since the beginning of spring. How has that process been, like with the success that you've been seeing by increasing your focus on cards, did you run into much like, I want to say like a prove it, quote-unquote prove it window with your wife about what might be possible with ramping up that that card side of things i know me personally it took a, a year or so of showing my wife some of the results and that consistency in some of the results that i was having by selling online to help ease her questions about the money that was coming in and out um uh, with cards you know she knew yeah. that i was using profits to, to buy other things but still when she'd heard you know the amount i was paying for a collection or or some of those types of things she really but but eventually I was able to kind of prove out what was possible or what my results were. Did you run into anything similar to that?
1: A, a little bit. Um, and it probably wasn't this quote quite this year, but at the la- last year and I was buying like cases of uh, flagship, which is the only stuff I buy and, and listing, you know, online. And, you know, I would do like sell the team sets through Twitter, just to, just to buddies on Twitter, right? People would reach out like, Hey guys, I have, you know, these team sets, Let me to give you a good price and, and hook you up. And she saw me going to the post office like the Monday after the release when I was taking all the stuff packed up. And I had like two of the, you know, reusable, I have these KU reusable bags, right from the grocery bags, just stuffed full of white envelopes. And then one was half full of, you know, uh, you know bubble mailers. And she's like, that's from this weekend. And I'm like, oh, no, no, this, this was just pre-sales that I sold before I even opened anything. All the other stuff I'm working on tonight. And she's like, what she asked me a couple of times this year, like, what would you need to do this whole time, like, how, like, what would it, what would it cost, like, and I told her, I said, just to get enough inventory to be able to have enough product and, and stuff to move, like, you know, you're talking a couple ten thousand, you know, a couple ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars. I mean, if you really wanted to go full bore, and and go crazy with it, so we're not quite. To the point of dropping uh you know 30 grand to to doing cards but i told her i said listen i said when i started doing this you know uh 2019 when i when i got the business license and i really started th- thinking about doing this as, as a side thing you know i started with a couple hundred bucks from ebay sales and it's slowly building up you know and when i showed her what how much i made from like the last card show and she's like wow you know okay and then i said i took half those profits and I went out the next day and I bought, you know, over the next next day or two, and I bought two more collect <laughs> things that brought in. And then that money's actually over doubled. And that only took 48 hours. And she's like, OK, I said, so we just what we're going to do, I just want to do is build and I don't have to build at, uh, you know, a 10 rate. Like if I can build at a half a half a rate, like I'm just, you know, every time I can just double my money. Right. Then then we'll get there some point. And I'm having fun doing it, and this other opportunity might lead to something even bigger with with cards. So, um, you know, we're gonna see what happens. But I'm I'm having fun doing it, and it's it's working within your means. And I think the biggest thing is is that I've always done what I've built is with profits, and it's not been with any uh, like I always say, paycheck money. It's not made with any money that's for my family. It's not made for any any bills. It's not on any credit cards. Um, you know that that kind of stuff. So it's all been in, in cash or like. My favorite two things I have in my wallet, Uh, my Venmo debit card and my PayPal business debit card because I have a PayPal business account and I have a debit card. So if a place doesn't, you know, I'm somewhere and I don't have the cash on me, but I have it in my PayPal account. I don't have to pay the fees and I can swipe it to my Venmo. Um, And I'm like one of the only dudes at the show that's, that's accepting those. And I have the little QR code so people can scan it and pay me instantly right there. And um, and now then they have my information. So if we're they're looking for something later on, they can hit me up and go, "Hey, I remember you had this at the show. Do you still have it? Let's do a deal."
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I I, I'm you and I are very similar in that perspective, right? It's been approaching this business side with the the grinded up mentality. You know, starting small and using reinvesting those profits to buy more cards to to resell. What's some of the things that you've learned as you've approached the hobby in that way, or you approach the business side of the hobby in that way. You know, for me, I think there was the reinforcement that there's certain cards that might get all the the glitz and the glamour and the shiny stuff in cases, but there's still a lot of money to be made on the lower end of, of things. That was one of the first things that I learned or that was reinforced to me. So I was just, what are some of the things that you've learned as you've dug in like this?
1: Uh, dollar dollar boxes are way better than showcases. Uh, and what I mean by that, cards you would see in a showcase, Zions, you know, uh, Jordans, all those things are fun to have, right? Um, Otani's, you know, great great to see in person and have these and autographs, you know, low numbered, like I got a Zach Wilson out of seven over here. My brother-in-law pulled the other day, you know, it's like a, I don't know, going for a $1,300 Awesome card. But guess what? Like, I'm sitting here And I just, just to show Mike here, like these Ichiro Chromes, right? Just tons of Ichiro Chrome cards I bought from somebody in a collection and I paid less than 10 cents a card and I'll put these in for a buck or two and they will fly off the shelf. All people buy, you know, I had $2, this guy bought a hundred $2 autographs for me at the last show. Now, none of these guys, I believe ever made the majors because they were a bunch of uh, elite extra edition autographs. Um, that I got from a guy that was just moving bulk and, and he just, he was going through and he's like, no, he goes, I give these out to my students. I give these out to whatever. And so I was like, awesome. You know, so I do that. And how hard is it to sell one, $200 card? Cause not everybody's rolling around with that budget, but everybody's got two bucks in their pocket. So it's kind of like the Walmart idea, stack them high and like, let them fly.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot, you know. And I I say the same thing about my quarter boxes, where everything's you know in somewhere between a quarter and a dollar. And you know, everybody's like, "Well, what are you gonna do with that?" There's no there's no money in that. And I'm like, "Well, I'm buying them for a penny, and I've got them in this box, and I'm selling a thousand or more every weekend at the shop, right?" Like. That adds up. You know, I don't care who you are, (laughs) that adds up. And when your cost is a penny, your risk is almost non existent. Right. And so I think the reinforcement for me is that there is so much potential in the low end side of things that so many people dismiss as worthless. And I'll keep. I'll keep preaching that from the mountaintops. That yep. don't overlook this stuff. If you want to start small and, and grind your way up, and yeah, yeah that, and that just, low end just of the art. market is so overlooked.
1: Yeah, you know what it does is it doesn't take money, equity. It takes sweat, equity, yep, and heart. And if you want to be involved in cards, but you don't know have the money to do it, and or you don't want to risk a ton of money doing it, you could take a hundred dollars and there's a lot you could do with that. If you if you if you meet people at a card show or a shop and they're opening tons of boxes and you go, "Hey, what do you just ask them, "Hey, what do you do with the, the base cards?" Oh, I just they just sit in a box. I donate them or okay, is there a deal we can strike? That I can work out with you and you keep what you want and I'll buy the rest and then you put in the effort and the you know the the hustle to do that and you you'd be very surprised on how how many people actually want and need that stuff because there's team collectors, there's player collectors, just guys that just like to collect random things from, you know, it doesn't matter. Like anything shiny, uh, big names, hall of famers, those are going to my quarter boxes and or numbered stuff. And people just go through and it's like stuff that I like, I was like, Oh, that that's cool. Like it's a neat card, but I have personally no collecting. It doesn't fit in my collection, but I know somebody else is going to enjoy it. And that's the stuff that you just, you never want to, It's always like they said, never judge a book by its cover. Like everything had, there's always some value to something and then to somebody. And that's where, that's an easy way to start and and do this and, and have fun. So,
0: yeah. And then the other thing you hit on, I think is super important is organization. That's only being reinforced more and more too, that being organized, having stuff sorted by team, um, by player and, or even, even just, in a general price category, like we talked about with quarter boxes or whatever, I know we both organize those by team typically, but even having some of that organization is is huge and, and is worth it's worth the time that you put in to getting organized. It also enables you to sell online a whole lot easier on places like sport lots and stuff like that. So yeah, that organization is another key point.
1: Yeah, no, it really is because it does make it easier to go find something or point something in the right direction. Cause there's sometimes when I've had people go, Hey, I have, I'm here. I got like 10 minutes. I didn't even know this was happening today. I have, you know, and it's like, okay, you like Aaron judge. Boom. There, there he is. And people appreciate that stuff. And they, they appreciate the time put in plus, you know, you know what you have and you know what you might need to add or maybe pass on because you have so much of it already. And, and that's, I think that's the biggest key because some of these guys just aren't like, and also too, the one thing I would say is if you're going to do this and you're going to, sell publicly like at a shop or a flea market or just just be priced price everything even if the price is, you put a price on it's higher like let people know that you're negotiable i finally put a price, sign up at the, sh- at the when i do the show hey ask for deals like bundles or encouraged is what i put up there because nobody ever did and people would walk away and all of a sudden when i started doing this the last two shows i've had so many more people going hey are you willing to take this or hey what about we do a trade I made like six trades at the last show, every trade. I feel like I won and somebody left and they feel like they won. And so it's like, Oh, okay, great. So, you know, I, I just think it's, it's all about approaching it. And uh, there's a few, 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 things. Don't, don't be out of your means, you know, stay within your, com- your comfort zone, whatever that happens to be. If it's, if it's $10, you know, it's $10 or $10,000 stay within what you're comfortable with be organized ask questions. There's tons of free resources out there. You don't have to pay for them. I know I'm one of them. Mike's one of them. There, there's a ton of guys. I mean, you know, both from million cubs he's actually doing shows and like promoting his show and stuff. And there's a ton of us out there that'll help you for free. So
0: one of the other things I was hoping we could spend a little time chatting about is what you've learned from social media, right? You know, you did, you were present on social media. You've been, You did. The About the Card Show for several years. You've interacted with a lot of people on social media. Some There's been a lot of new people that have come on to social media in the last couple of years. Some of them have added great value and some of them have just added frustration. One of the things that I'm still trying to learn that I continue to feel like I pick up things here and there is the best way to add value to social media and still get enjoyment out of it. And I was wondering if there's anything that you found as you were interacting with people, as you were kind of spearheading or, or being a a key part of the about the card show that has made social media more enjoyable for you, but still lets you get value from it.
1: Yeah. A couple of things is well, for me, the person that that tweets out the words you see would be the same words I would tell you. On camera or face to face, you what you see is what you get with me, and that's in, to be real and not have that uh, internet tough guy, the telephone tough like back in the day, Mike, when we were kids, the telephone tough guys mm-hmm. um, before social media. That to me, like that's it's childish, and so I, I'm as authentic as I can be uh, in all in all those interactions. And the thing is, is that. I I try to now the biggest thing I've learned and especially like when you do a show like like you do or like I did is that people that listen to you they listen to you for a reason so now you have like you have a platform and so now you have to sometimes even be a little above what you normally would be as far as not cautious in what you say but you have to make sure the words you use are cur- like the right you have to be like do it the right way and I take when someone like, you know, if I see something I don't agree with, my favorite thing to do is I think like I'll I'll tweet out a tweet and then I delete it. Right. Like if it's an angry thing, like I'll delete it and then I'll, then I'll go and I'll be like, but I want to say something about this. So I'll give myself a minute. And, you know, it's like the old count to five thing that, you know, your mom would do when you'd get like angry or frustrated with stuff. uh, You know, it's like, take, take a beat. All right. And then go and, and you can disagree, but disagree in a way that's not mean or attacking, but saying like, you know, I, I think you're wrong and this is why. And that to me has been a lot better. There's, there's times like I'll call people out. Like if I believe it's not truthful and most of the time though, it's been on, it's been on TikTok where people are doing stuff and it's like, dude, that's those cards didn't come in that pack. Like you, that's, that's fake. Or, you know, what you're saying isn't true. Like this air Ken Griffey junior card is not an air card. This worth $10,000, even though one sold on eBay for that you're giving people false information. I enjoy just taking a step back, looking at it, thinking about what I want to say and then and then putting it out there but still being myself and not and not being somebody I'm not because I know there's people out there that say, "Well, I do it I do it for entertainment or I do it to get the conversation started." And to me that's that's crap because that's not what you're doing. You you want to be the the telephone tough guy, but when it comes down to it, if it you know, you would you would run away. And, and so that, that's, what's frustrating to me. And, and so it's like, I don't, after a while that, that, that just loses, uh, I think people lose interest in that and, and they, they just, they look away. So
0: going back to the whole idea that there's been so many new people coming into the hobby recently, and there's a segment of hobby Twitter that is the old timers that don't like to think about people collecting differently or buying differently or selling differently. And I've, I've finally got to the point where I'm comfortable with, Hey, I know how I like to collect. I know how I like to buy and sell, but there's a whole lot of people that do it differently. And Mm -hmm. as long as you're not being unethical and illegal in your approach you don't have at it. It may never be for me and I don't have to reach you and I don't have to convince you and you don't have to listen to me or, or come to agree with me from that. It's okay. it's a it's a big hobby. It's a it's a big industry. It's a big business and there's gonna be people who do it different. And I think the same thing goes from content creation too. you know there's there's people coming in doing their thing and approaching the hobby in that way and they're getting their, uh, views, they're getting their followers, and that's fine. And I've got my segment, you know, and and other other people have their segments, and we all have our niches, and that's okay. We all yeah. don't have to convince everybody that our way is the right or only way to to collect or to buy and sell or to you know what niche of the hobby to focus on.
1: Well, yeah, and I think other content creators can learn from other ones and be inspired. Literally, like I get inspired. Like I watch Ryan uh, Johnson, Card Collector 2. Yep. And James Good. They have their videos that pop up. James is almost every day now. Uh, and Ryan's quite often, uh, a couple times a week, but he has, he's got like a production team now. Right. I get inspired by their things they get me thinking like okay this is what's possible I, I listen and see the stuff that you're doing you pop up on my i love it because it says your. when i watch tiktok you pop up and it's your friend and i was like yes and no matter what you say you could say like you know big chef's the biggest dope i've ever met and i would hit <laughs> like i'd love seeing what other people are doing and it doesn't have to have great production value but it's hearing other people talk about the hobby and see that and you get inspired like i like what they're doing i like that point um and there's other people out there. There's sports card investor. I don't agree in his takes and stuff. And, but again, there are people that do, and it's like, okay, yeah, I d- I disagree with his view of the hobby and what he's trying to do, but okay, go at it. If people want to follow it. Awesome. That's your thing. It's not mine. Uh, you know? So I, I just think it's, it's, there's room enough in this for all of us to do what we want, but definitely there is room for all of us to be inspired by each other and 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 take things that i've always in my life when in like business or personal it's like i like what they're doing i like how they do this but i only like had like i've had leaders like i like how they do this and i don't like how they do that okay that leader i like what they, and i so i take all the stuff i like and then i try to make it my own and i think that's really been helpful and then again people are going to go like don't like stuff that i do and, and that's fine and I, i'm always open for feedback but you know, that's the biggest thing is, is that have an open mind and just let people do what they want. That's what's so great. If this existed 25, 30 years ago when I was a kid, oh, man, I would have been making all kinds of crazy content all the time. And it would have been nuts. I'd love to be 12 years old right now. You know, and and so that's the thing. it's like, don't diminish what others are doing because obviously they're doing it because somebody likes it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that is a great note for us to end on. Anything else that you want to point people to um, here coming up that uh, people can come check out what you've got going on? What's your eBay store handle if they want to see what, yeah. what you've got for sale? Any of that kind of stuff? What's the yeah, show you- that you're going to be setting up on?
1: Yeah, we're, we're the, the next show I'm going to be doing is at the Crown Plaza Hotel in Sacramento, uh, September 11th. Uh, it will be from 9 to 4. And uh, they've been putting us in a bigger room now. We have more vendors. There's tons of tables. Lots of new folks showing up, which is great, uh, like, like new vendors, like fresh vendor faces. So there's a lot of new product uh, coming through. Uh, you can always find my eBay store is TBS Sports Cards on eBay. And then the same on uh, it's TBS Cards, I think, uh, TBS Cards on uh, Sport Lots. You can always hit me up at Big Shep on Twitter, Big Shep 79 on Twitter, uh, and, and hit me up there. And then I can point you in the way if you're like looking for anything. And I just keep listening to Mike. Mike's... T- Mike does good stuff, and I, I love I love what you're doing. Uh, you know, and the and the fact that ComC reached out and had you do stuff at the national is awesome. I love it. And like like you know, people have been on up there yin yang, but they, you know, with their business, they have a great business. And and so I, I'm so super. So I'm super happy they recognize the talent that that you have and what you're what you're doing. And you, I get inspired by what you do a lot. Um, and so that's awesome. Uh, keep that up. Listen to Mike. And, you know, there's other if you have not looked at other podcasts, just go into your favorite podcast thing, type in trading cards, sports cards or whatever. Find a new podcast, check it out and listen, because there's a lot of great content out there and, uh, you know, and have fun. So,
0: yeah, I appreciate that. And thanks for for uh, coming on. It's good to catch up. Good to chat. I love getting your perspective on things. And so I am glad that you're uh, available. So thanks again, Big Shep.
1: Oh, hey, anytime, Mike, anytime for you, bud.
2: The Sports Card Shop is your small-town local card shop with a global reach. Located in New Buffalo, Michigan, the shop is one of the most accessible in the Midwest. In addition to being an authorized Panini direct dealer, the Sports Card Shop carries all major trading card brands, including Topps, Upper Deck, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, and more. With all that new wax, a half million singles, and showcases full of graded cards, you're sure to find something great for your collection. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned collector, The Sports Card Shop is your one-stop shop. So call us, come see us, or visit us on the web and social media. Our phone number is 269-469-0140. Website is the sports card shop at moco.com. The Sports Card Shop is part of the MoCo Retail Group, connecting sports, the hobby, and people around the world.
0: Thanks again to Tim for coming on and spending a little bit of time chatting and catching up. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Well, next week I will be in Las Vegas at the Industry Summit, having some conversations with fellow shop owners, manufacturers, folks from Beckett and other media in the, in the industry, and Fanatics is going to be there. and So it'll be interesting, I think, to hear the conversation going on, the questions that they get through some of the panel conversations about what their upcoming plans are. So I'm hoping to capture a few conversations during that week to be able to use for future podcast episodes. So if there's anything in particular you're interested in hearing about, let me know. Go out to the Industry Summit site, see the vendors that are going to be there, and I'll see if I can't have a few conversations for the podcast. Reach out to me on Twitter at the Mike Summer. Follow me on TikTok or Instagram at WaxpackHero. Send me an email at WaxpackHero at gmail.com and let me know what you think about the show. That's all I've
2: got for you today, so I'll catch you next time.